Good afternoon and welcome to the MoneyWeb at Midday Show. It's uh, time to uh, brush off the slumber from the weekend and apply our minds to the uh, business world today with lots of results coming out. We're going to be starting with uh, an interview I, I conducted with Shamil Yusup, the CEO of Vodacom, following their full year results to the end of March. That will then be followed by an interview I conducted with Gary Arnold this morning. He's the MD of Agriculture at Astral Foods. Uh, they posted interim results to uh, the end of March that saw a big increase in operating profit. So we'll be getting into the reasons for that. And then my last interview for the day is Bowen Properties announcing their full year results to the end of March. Steve Brooks, the CEO, a little bit disappointed with the results. They got to their uh, lower end of their target in terms of the apartments uh, completed and sold. Uh, but he thinks that there could have been scope to deliver more. Uh, we'll be getting his thoughts uh, towards the end of the show. And that is uh, the lineup for today. Remember that this show is being brought to you by Chartered Accountants of South Africa, leaders in business. Is the land expropriation without compensation plan the biggest threat to the new dawn as promised by new President Ramaphosa? Can South Africa make any progress against the background of increasing protest action, strikes, low economic growth? Attend the Brenhurst Wealth SA Kurvadi seminar series hosted in association with MoneyWeb to hear the insights of five leading experts, Magnus Heistek of Brenhurst, Ralph Mateja, political analyst, Magna Wieseska of Signia, Glenn Owen of Momentum and Jean-Pierre Fester of Fairtree Capital. Bookings at www.quicket.ca. CO.za search for Brenthurst. You're back with the Money Web at Midday Show today. Vodacom announced full year results that saw revenue increase by 6.3% uh, for the 12 months ending March. Uh, EBITDA uh, increased by 5.3%, uh, but a very nice increase in operating profit, 11.5% to 24 billion rand. Despite generating more free cash flow, though, the dividend declined by 1.8% over the year to 8 rand 15. A little bit earlier, I caught up with Vodacom CEO Shamil Yusup to get his thoughts and uh, the reason reasons why at a time when the company was increasing its free cash flow, uh, the dividend declined. This is what he had to say. Thank you. Um, we're quite pleased with the results, you know, a um, healthy growth in, um, in, in group revenue by 6.3%, normalized uh, 7.8% to 86.4 billion, and um, a, a nice um, improvement in uh, operating profit or net profit increased 18.6% boosted by um, the revenue coming in from, um, from Safaricom. Uh, you know, strong growth in customer numbers, 10.5% growth across customer numbers, just under 74 million customers across the group. And if we add Safaricom into it, it's giving, you know, it's just over 103 million customers uh, that we now, um, that we now um, uh, you know, have in our markets. Uh, um, that we can we can obviously uh, provide services to. Okay, you uh, you've mentioned that uh, there there was that strong growth in uh, in net profit that uh, that grew eighteen uh, percent at the headline level though uh, headline earnings per share stayed flat at nine rand twenty three. Uh, can you just give us the reasons why uh, the company was unable to to translate that uh, that growth in net profit into earnings per share? Yeah, I think obviously the, the uh, it's important to remember that uh, basically the Safaricom acquisition. Uh, was uh, was basically um, concluded by uh, by the issuance of shares. So there's 233 million uh, more shares in issue today, and uh, and therefore you know you you've got to take that into account. Without without that, obviously, apps continues to grow. 
Okay, great. Perhaps you can just give us a bit of a regional breakdown then as to uh, uh, how each of your, your major regions uh, progressed during the year. So, I mean, if you look at South Africa, South Africa grew by 8.1% uh, uh, revenue-wise and 4.7% uh, year from, uh, on, an EBITDA, on EBITDA. And we added 4.5 million new customers um, in South Africa. In the international, uh, reported was 0.6, but normalized was 7.9 uh, revenue growth. Um, uh, the uh, Obviously, currency is the, the strong end uh, having worked against us in, in this instance. Uh, very strong growth of 2.5 million uh, customers uh, in, in the internationals, 30% growth in MPESA revenues, and EBIT having grown 26.5% uh, to, 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 to just over 2 billion rands. In uh, Safaricom, uh, strong uh, uh, revenue growth as well, 9.8% revenue growth, 1.4 million uh, new ads and a 14% growth in M-Pesa, and um, um, EBIT expanded 12.6%. So, you know, overall a, a, strong, uh, a strong performance from all the entities. Okay, you also mentioned that uh, certainly with re- regards to the different types of services you're offering, uh, you said revenue from mobile money has become a significant contributor to the group. Uh, the combined customer base, including Safaricom, grew 11.5% in the past year and now exceeds uh, 32.3 million. Just give us a bit of more insight as to uh, how that market is de- developing and is that becoming a big factor in South Africa as well yet, uh, Shamil? So the um, the whole mobile money part has become a huge, um, huge, a, a huge part of our strategy, if you like. 1.2 trillion rand now going through the Mpesa platform. All of this happening outside of South Africa. A huge potential still to grow if you take um, Safaricom sitting about 70% penetration of its base, and the rest of the internationals only sitting at at, um, at uh, just on 36%. So you can see that um, the other countries still have a huge opportunity to grow. So that's that's the one big part for us. Um, 10.2 billion rand in transaction fees across the two entities. So obviously material uh, in in the Safaricom numbers and also material in our numbers. In South Africa, though, we're not uh, introducing M-Pesa, but we are introducing um, other financial services, if you like. Um, we we have uh, 950,000 insurance policies. We we basically um, uh, doing airtime uh, direct, and that's grown 43%. And uh, and also we have products like our airtime advance, which have also grown uh, significantly at uh, at uh, 43%. So we we kind of cherry picking certain products in South Africa um, and doing more of an OTT play, if you like. So these are all these are all available. Uh, through the Vodacom app or our USSD service. Okay, great. Just one contradiction, and perhaps it ties into the the issuance of shares that you referred to uh, with respect to Safaricom. Uh, your your uh, free cash flow jumped up. Uh, I think it was the highest single item that uh, increased uh, by 24% to 14.1 billion rand. But the dividend per share uh, for the year uh, came down by roughly 2% to 8 rand 15. Uh, just explain what happened there because obviously investors would like to see, I, I would imagine your investors would like to see more of that cash flow hitting their wallets. Um, but give us your explanation as to why the, the, the dividend decreased declined it at a time when you was, you seem to be increasing your free cash flow? Again, for the same reasons, you've got to remember that we made a 35 billion rand acquisition basically through shares. So 
So you issued 233 million more shares. So both your headline earnings per share and your dividends per share are immediately impacted for, for exactly the same uh, for the exactly the same reason. The cash increases obviously because you are firstly better monetization um, or conversion into cash in all the entities, but secondly also the dividends coming in one and a half billion net dividends uh, after amortization costs uh, flowing into the numbers into in South Africa, 1.9 billion in cash. Okay, so uh, would it be fair to say that the acquisition of Safaricom uh, on a per share basis has, has boosted your free cash flow? Uh, yes, it has. It's boosted the free cash flow this year because obviously there's no uh, competitor from, from last year, so that has boosted the cash. And I think it will continue to boost the cash uh, going forward. More importantly for us, it obviously diversifies the, the uh, portfolio quite a bit in terms of um, <clears throat> now only 67% of our revenues uh, coming from, from South Africa and 49% of the customer base uh, being, being in South Africa. Right. So, so the last question then just around, uh, you, you stated in your press release, the capital intensity of the group would remain between 12 to 14% of group revenue moving forward. Uh, it looks to me from what I can see that there's a very good chance that the, the, the dividend's going to go start increasing uh, quite nicely in the next few years. Look, I, I mean, we don't really, um, I think we've given guidance, uh, but, but obviously I think, um, you know, based on the guidance, yes, dividends should continue to increase. That was Shamil Yusuf, the CEO of the Vodacom Group. All right, you're back with the MoneyWeb at Midday Show, and uh, today following fantastic results from Astral, uh, we had uh, Gary Arnold, the Managing Director of its Agricultural Division, uh, into MoneyWeb. Uh, just to give uh, a bit of context, uh, revenue was up by 15% to $6.7 billion for the six months ending March. Operating profit, though, up almost 400% to over a billion rand. Uh, the stars aligned uh, in such a way uh, as described by Gary, and uh, this is what he had to tell me when I asked him about that. Warren, thank you very much. Um, I think one has to look at the, the base of which the profits were made. Uh, the first half of 2017 was one of the lower or lowest profits that we've recorded um, in Ashville's history, so off a low base, but a strong set of results. Uh, the stars aligned being a number of factors. Um, feed prices were down significantly on the prior year, driven by a large carryout, a large maize crop last year and large carryout of maize. Uh, so maize prices significantly down. Uh, if you look at Sapphic's yellow maize price, down over 900 rand, nearly a thousand rand a ton um, year on year. So that drove feed prices down, down quite nicely. Um, we had selling prices up on good supply and demand in the market, and we had volume growth. Um, so the volumes uh, and selling price, uh, selling price for poultry contributing um, to the improved performance. Uh, I mean, many people that have been watching the industry for a couple of years is, uh, would have been familiar with the, the the problems around dumping. Has that been mitigated to an extent? Is that part of the reason we're seeing profitability returning? Warren, uh, imports remain high but stable. Um, in fact, averaged over our past six months, uh, the reporting period, about 46,850 tons a month. That equates about 8.3 million birds a week. That has been quite stable over the past year. Um, what we did see, though, was a switch in imports from countries like the EU, for example, the Netherlands, Germany, uh, where avian influenza has closed those countries to exports of poultry to South Africa. And that has merely just switched to Brazil and the U.S. So 
imports remain high, um, but the levels that we've seen over the past year have remained fairly stable. Um, the improvement in supply and demand locally in the local market, I think, has more to do with the um, there was some producer contraction in the market um, over the past 18 months. The market saw one or two large producers cutting back quite considerably off the 2016 drought when feed prices were at a high. Um, you might recall the change in brining legislation that came into effect 22 October 2016. That had an impact on volumes going into the market. Lower brined levels of, of um, IQF chicken, individually quick frozen chicken, um, created some space in the market. Um, so there was some volume pull there. Um, and uh, as I say, imports have remained stable. So I wouldn't say largely driven driven um, by any any significant swing in import levels. Okay, great. Just in terms of the, uh, you, you mentioned some of the some of the uh, the volumes in the different product segments. Uh, just give us uh, an overview as, as to what, if any, changes there were in, in, the, in the types of products that you produce. Um, so we, our largest um, line is, is individually quick-frozen chicken, uh, mixed um, or single portions we sell. Um, that we that's cut-up. That's, that, the, that's the cut-up carcass uh, and put into, into bag. Right? Correct. That's the cut-up carcass, so cut-up portions that have been injected um, at 15%. Those are frozen and bagged. Um, we've seen, uh, we did see an increase in volumes on that product line uh, during, during the six-month period, the reporting period. Um, if you look at the total basket, the volumes have increased by 126 um, on the comparable period, um, with a small increase in, in IQF as a proportion of that increased uh, volume year on year. And just for the benefit of people, uh, for investors, uh, you know, how closely does the volumes in your business track general economic uh, conditions, especially the, con- the, the uh, I guess what you would be very interested in is the disposable income available to consumers. Correct. Uh, you know, what we did see, um, the space where um, a, a couple of competitors cut back in volumes over the past 18 months was in that in, in IQF chicken, in individually quick frozen portions. Um, that that is a product that that uh, we believe in quite strongly. Um, it's a, a mass market product. Um, you know, it, it's it's um, a product that is in in, in good demand, and um, it's a product that we believe in and that we've supported, and we've seen some growth and some pull in that. Disposable income levels, of course, can impact um, you know uh, food consumption or the food basket in general. We have seen some meat price inflation over the past year. Um, I think the cutbacks in the market on in IQF have supported um, the the stronger sales in that segment. Um, and then probably something that is not well well known is uh, you know the impact of bird flu uh, last year. Um, had a significant impact on live bird sales into the market. So those end-of-cycle, end-of-life broiler breeders or commercial laying hens, um, that those flock sizes or the flocks were cut back quite considerably in the past year as a result of the impact of AI. So a lot less live birds in the market, which may have driven some of the consumption pattern to frozen chicken. All right, that was Gary Arnold, the Managing Director of Agri- Agriculture at Astral Foods. Thank you. 
All right, and our last interview regarding uh, results today uh, was the uh, Borwin Properties. Uh, and a little bit earlier, I caught up with Steve Brooks. They delivered uh, 2,084 units to the market, and he described the uh, macroeconomic environment as uh, having seen a, a slight uptick. Uh, this is what he had to say. Yeah, look, I'm not happy with the results. They could have been better. You know, we had five projects delayed. If the five projects weren't delayed, we would have done well. Um, but, you know, we worked, I've never worked hard in my life. Our management have, were fantastic through this period. And, you know, we still made $491 million. So for, if you want to round up, we made $500 million last year, which is still a, a tremendous achievement in these tough economic times. So I'm not too worried. Um, for shareholders, the, all the projects that were delayed are now on track. So it looks like this next year is going to flow into the next year. Next year is going to be good. Um, yeah, the sales in April were fantastic. We did 300 apartments in April. May is looking good. So there's definitely a bit of a up, slight uptick in our sector. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to a good year this year. So okay. I'm not too worried about the results that, that were down a bit. I'm happy, but not unduly stressed. And obviously, we're having to watch our cash because at year end, we didn't have a lot of cash, but we've... We've got about 900 million in apartments that are registering, so it's it's looking it's looking great going forward. Okay, great. You you alluded to the the annual target of handing over between two and three thousand apartments, and you just uh, made that with uh, uh, this year's figure. But you allude to some of the problems that you're experiencing in delays. Can you just give us a bit more colour as to what the challenges are there? Yeah, the delays are technical. You've got to dysfunctional. Uh, I mean, right now, Joe has a BTO, so I mean, you can't get anything through for love or money. So you know, it's, a, it's a tricky place. What we're looking to mitigate this risk, we're looking, constantly looking at our risk assessment of the business. And forward, we're only looking, well, not only, but as my own way, only buy zoned land. In other words, zoned land, if we can design a drawing, submit it to council, get it approved, and move on. So we are looking, and also once these approvals, not, not once they're done, they are done, they're big projects, these are. So we don't have to go back and revisit the approval. Uh, okay, great. Uh, you talked about the slight uptick in, in activity uh, and you made your first foray into KZN uh, during the period. Have you got any uh, plans to launch in other parts of the country? Yeah, look, we promised in our pre-listing statement and so far we've delivered everything we've promised. You know, we are looking, um, KZN is going well. We started construction, we've got good sales. We are looking at Nalspreit, but we don't believe Nalspreit is a very big market at all. We believe Benalto is probably good for 250 to 300 apartments a year, and I'll get to that. You know, it was all part of our pre-listing. But the more exciting things we're involved in, which wasn't in our, not all of it was in our pre-listing, is our annuity income. We've created ball and fiber, which is going along well, and in the next couple of years, it'll flow onto our balance sheet. We've also created ball and solar. We've partnered up with Solar Africa, highly successful, making our apartments more green, and 50% more efficient than they were. So that's big improvement for our clients. And that will also flow onto our balance sheet. But the big one which we promised in our PLS was our rental business. We've branded it green. So in other words, it's Green Park, Green Lee, Green Creek. And I did a fantastic design with Bookerman Architects. It's state of the art. It's as green as we can get it. It looks good. And it's in that market sector between four and a half thousand and eight and a half thousand rand a month, 
We built our first one already. Phase one's occupying 1st of July. Looks like it's going to be an absolute success, and we're going to roll it out. But we're not keeping this business. We're going to sell it onto an end user. We've got three people we're negotiating with at the moment, and we've identified one as the um, preferred bidder, and we're in legals at the moment. Probably in about a month's time, we should be able to make a formal announcement. And we've done something that Baldwin shelters are going to be extremely pleased with. Okay, great. It'll take some lumpiness out of our income, and there's a bit of a sweetener as well, which is good. All right, great. And just uh, just to get the uh, the guidance for the year ahead, what, what are you aiming to provide there in terms of uh, units delivered or, or completed, uh, as well as your uh, uh, financial guidance, if any? Yeah, there's uh, there's going to be a substantial uptick in the number of apartments that we hand over in this uh, upcoming 2019 financial year. Um, substantially up from the 2084 that we did in in this past financial year. Um, the uh, average selling price is probably going to come down slightly, and that's because a function of the new design that we're bringing to the market with an entry price of 599000 for a one-bedroom apartment, which we've started to release um, just recently to the market, and, and the uptick is... Is, is almost an insatiable demand for that type of product for the market. So we expect there to be a lower um, selling price per, per apartment. It will give more selection to the user, but there's definitely going to be a, a huge uptick in the number of apartments uh, that we see for the next financial year. And then our gross profit margins should remain fairly uh, consistent because of the number of uh, new phase developments that, we, uh, that we're bringing to market for this next financial year with all these approvals now in place. Our margins generally are lower in the start of a development and then uptick as we move through the development. So the margins should be fairly uh, consistent with, uh, with the current financial year and only the year after that should we start to see a slight uptick in margins. All right, uh, there was Steve Brooks, the CEO of Baldwin Properties. Remember that the show is being brought to you by Chartered Accountants of South Africa, leaders in business. Numbers rule the world. Inflation, interest rates, petrol price. And when numbers change, you need to know how to respond, especially when it comes to business. Partner with a chartered accountant and get far more than a numbers person. A CASA is equipped with holistic business acumen and decision-making expertise when evaluating your business's future growth. Partner with a responsible leader in business. Partner with a CASA today. Go to saiga.co.za. That brings us to the end of the MoneyWeb at Midday show. Remember, our English and Afrikaans-speaking radio shows kick off at 6 p.m. this evening on RSG and SAFM, respectively. And we also have the new Classic Business Breakfast on uh, Classic FM. That kicks off at eight, 7 to 8 a.m. Uh, in the morning. So uh, by all means, tune into that for the first breaking news in the business world. Until the same time tomorrow, cheers for now. 